The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And on October 26, 1967, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. surprised students of Barrett Junior High School in Philadelphia as he made a pit stop to talk with them about their life's blueprint. He gave this speech six months before his untimely death. And in my estimation, this speech profoundly affected America as it motivated students to expose racial injustice embedded in the American educational system. To understand the breadth and depth of this impact, this single 20-minute speech has had, you need to understand why it was pivotal to students in Philadelphia. Tensions have been brewing for some time in Philadelphia due to the lack of diversity and those who the students saw as working class in the city of brotherly love. Students complained that the teachers were insensitive and lacked diversity. They were getting suspended for things like having afros and wearing African clothes to school. To this date, the November 17th event is the largest student-led protest in the history of this nation. So in this episode, we will explore the impact of Dr. King's greatness on students and teachers. I also want to examine why Dr. King spoke to these students and what was the lasting impressions of his talks has been on students. Lastly, we discuss why it's important to assist students with discovering who they will become. This is the final podcast episode in the series that looks at what educators can do differently in teaching black history. So like we always do about this time, let's collaborate, communicate and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And we're closing out our series on what educators can do differently and celebrating black history. We've talked about several different ways in our last couple episodes that black history can be celebrated. I'm looking at myself as an educator. What can I do? How can I improve my craft as an educator, especially when we talk about celebrating black history. I was looking at the final episode. I wanted to find something that would be impactful celebrating black history. And a speech comes to mind, Martin Luther King surprising students at Barrett Junior High School. And I sit and I just wonder what would that experience be like to have Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. come to your school and speak to you about your future. This speech is considered to be one of his best speeches. It's definitely in the top five. But what's even more amazing about this speech is what happened to the students after they heard this speech. January 20th of 2020, 
Dr. Milstead and I did an episode on I Want to Speak to the Principal, uh, specifically looking at Dr. King's impact on American education. I think that was like episode six. And I'm going to play a a snippet from our conversation that Dr. Milstead and I had concerning this particular event. From there, we're going to take it and pick it up. What happened to the students after they left Dr. King's speech, which is an amazing thing. Without further ado, let's play that snippet of Dr. Milstead and I having a conversation about how Dr. King showed up at Barrett Junior High School to begin with. So when I pulled up, when I was doing research and I pulled up him speaking at the junior high, mm-hmm. I thought that was profound. <laughs> and I'm going to send it to you like, OK, I, hey, this right here is profound. Right. But you, <laughs> you had more information yeah. about the junior high than I did. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Well, uh, and, and you're referring to the, the speech that he made, a uh, very short speech that is, but he made... Uh, at Barron Junior High School in South Philadelphia back in 1967. Exactly. And I just let you know that I was very much aware of that speech. And I I gave you just a little background information on it. Actually, Dr. King was coming into Philadelphia at that time uh, to do a big civil rights rally at uh, at the uh, Spectrum uh, in in Philadelphia. The Spectrum was relatively new during that time. And so he he brought in all the heavy hitters. He was Rita Franklin, Nipsey Russell, Eric Belafonte, all the big boys there. And so the guy that was actually sponsoring it was a guy by the name of Georgia Woods Mm -hmm. and he was a local DJ there. And so he had contacted Dr. King and said, hey, look, Doc, if you have some time during the day, there's this uh, junior high school in South Philly. They're having some problems with gang activity and, you know, the kids aren't, you know, aren't doing the way they're supposed to. The principal there is doing a great job, but, you know, he needs a little help. If you get some time during the day, can you go down there and just talk for a very short period of time to the student body, which consisted of that time was seventh, eighth and ninth graders. And uh, so Dr. King, being the humble guy he was and always showing humility, agreed to do it. And so as the story goes, uh, the kids really weren't told about this until actually like the day of school. And uh, Dr. they saw Dr. King, the limo, pull up to the school. And most of the kids thought it was Will Chamberlain in that minute. They thought he was going to be the one because Will was from Philadelphia okay. and from that particular area. So they thought it was going to be Will Chamberlain. But out stepped Dr. King. And so they all went to the auditorium and uh, he gave this 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 20 minute speech, uh, r- roughly about 20 minutes or so to the auditorium. It really impacted a lot of kids. And like I told you, one of the things that I did is uh, I actually kind of went back to see uh, after after he had had given that that speech back in 2017, which would have been 50 years later, uh, just how some of the kids had fared who had listened to that speech, uh-huh. and quite a few of them had uh, had 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 done quite well. Uh, many, several had become teachers. Right. Uh, one had become an uh, optician. I'm like, am, I, am I saying that right? <laughs> <laughs> I had an op- optician. Uh, optician yeah, they work yeah, in yeah, eyeglass right. place. You get your yeah, glasses yeah, from that dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And uh, and so the, 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 they, they, someone had went back and kind of interviewed them, and the kids and many of them had had done quite well, and most of them re- related um, a, a a a a little metaphor that Dr. King gave in that to their success, and what he said, he said. And I, I and I, I I used to recite this in high school. He says, "If it falls, your lot to be a street sweeper. Sweeps sweep streets like Michelangelo painted peach pictures. 
sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. That was very powerful. Man. Can you imagine he being 14, 15 years old, somebody tell you that? Hey. You know, they let you know, hey, it don't matter, it don't matter what you do. Just whatever you do, give it your best. Give it your and best. And that's the thing. And he and I think in that he what he was saying is that the job title that you have don't define you. However, it is the work that you do that reveals your character. Exactly. So I want to thank Dr. Milstead for shedding light on that wonderful speech by Dr. Martin Luther King. He did surprise the students of Barrett Junior High School in Philadelphia. He did make that pit stop to talk with them. What's in your life's blueprint? And that was on October 26th of 1967. Those students were extremely inspired by the speech that was given to them. Unfortunately, this was one of his last speeches that he would give because six months later, he would be assassinated at the Lorraine Motel. But really want to focus on this speech because it profoundly affected students because they decided after that speech that they were in a system that would now allow them to get a proper education. This speech was pivotal in their view of how they saw their life's blueprint. After Dr. King gave them this talk, a lot of them stopped being in gangs. A lot of them stopped getting in trouble. And so they want to turn their life around. So students then start to focus on their environment and students decided that their teachers were entirely too insensitive. A lot of them were getting suspended for not standing up for the Pledge of Allegiance. A lot of them were getting suspended for wearing African clothes to school. A lot of them were getting suspended for the way they wore their hair. And they felt that this was an inequality and it was because their teachers could not relate to them. The students in the city of brotherly love decided that they were going to do something about it. About 25 students went to an organizer by the name of Walter D. Palmer. And Walter D. Palmer was a community organizer already in the community. As a matter of fact, since 1955, Walter Palmer had been staging walkouts, but never anything on a grand scale. They had already been practicing being able to walk out of school and sit at lunch counters and protest because of all of the injustices that were going on in America at that particular time. So the students, 25 of them, went to Walter Palmer and they said, hey, can you help us get organized? So Walter Palmer helped these students. He was about 31 years old at this particular time. He helped these students to get organized in Philadelphia. On November 17th, 1967, this all came to a head. About 50,000 students in the Philadelphia school system, there were about 250 thousand students in the school system in Philadelphia. So 50,000 students decided they were going to walk out of school. And they did that starting with leaving from the high school in Philadelphia. They decided they were going to walk out. There was about 300 of them. And so when they walked out, they marched to the Board of Education. They got on buses. They rode taxis downtown and they walked down to the Philadelphia Board of Education in the square. The 25 students went who were organized by Walter Palmer took 25 demands about the insensitivity that they were receiving up to the Board of Education, which is an upstairs. So these students are meeting with the superintendent and assistant superintendents of Philadelphia. Well, word got around the city that, hey, guys, 
we're going to have to do something about this. So students decided that they were going to walk out too. one next thing, 3000 students showed up downtown. And then the next thing after that was 5000 students downtown. And so now it's 5000 students. And so that's one thing that Walter Palmer did not want to happen. He didn't want the square to get like really crowded because he knew the police would have a response for students gathering. Now, these are middle school students. We're talking 12, 13. We're talking high school students, 15, 16, 17. And they all came down to the square to protest the injustice. So little did they know when they got there, the school board had listened to the demands of the students and they gave them the 25 demands that they received. What I appreciate about this story is that the Philadelphia board did not have to give in to the students. I don't want to call it give in, but I appreciate the fact that they listened to those groups of students and they said, okay, we, you guys have a point that you do have a valid reason and we're going to meet you. And they did, they met them. But the problem was, is when they gave them demands at 12 noon, the police started to attack the students who were in the square. And this became one of the bloodiest incidents of the civil rights movement because they were not beating adults. Students took a beating for standing up for themselves and injustices. That was a horrible day in American history when those police decided to attack those children in that particular manner. And as we look at it, that happened about 56 years ago. Look at how the police response is in the school currently. Do we still have that same tactic of dealing with students who are what we call non-compliant. Are we as educators listening to students? Do we allow them access to greatness like Dr. Martin Luther King? Is, is there anybody in our culture who can inspire students like Dr. Martin Luther King? And are they talking to students about what their life's blueprint is? It was just Less than a month when Dr. King gave this speech that these students decided that they were going to turn their lives around and be something and do something. And this caused a dramatic shift in how we meet with children in America because of what happened in Philadelphia. So as an educator, there are a lot of different lessons that I can take away from myself. Number one, got to listen to students. Okay. Have to figure out ways so that we can build bridges because when people feel that they are oppressed, then they gather. And the question is, what can we do to have a fruitful gathering assembly? Another thing is that we found out that there were other leaders outside of Dr. Martin Luther King. These 25 students who came with these 25 demands were good for everybody in the Philadelphia school system. I think this is a really good learning opportunity. And I just wish that we had more role models like Dr. Martin Luther King so that in areas of oppression and areas of poverty and areas of marginalism, students can unite and fix some of the issues that adults don't seem to keep it as a priority. It's time for flip tips. And today's flip tip is brought to you by my homegirl, Terry Porter. And her blog on medium.com entitled Your Flipboard Magazine Cover is a Front Door. The cover of your Flipboard magazine is a way into your content. So just like someone selling a home wants a pretty front door to encourage people to come inside of their house and look around, you want a compelling Flipboard magazine cover that will have people flipping your content. 
the cover is a focal point of your magazine. And just like the first five minutes of a good lesson, an engaging Flipboard magazine cover is your hook. You can read more about Terry's article on her blog on medium.com and flip also into our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. Thanks, Terry. Flipboard is a great way to collect articles for classes, show off your school and school spirit, and share expertise with peers. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with me on this episode. You can read more about this episode and other educators on the educators blog on Flipboard.com. I want to give a huge shout out to Aileen Laylor and Crystal Vanderboom for the editorials on the Flip EDU Educators blog. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and the Educators blog on Flipboard.com. Please subscribe and share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Also want to give a huge shout out to all educators who participated in Black History Month. Also want to give a huge shout out to my good family and my good friends who had to go through the freeze that we had here in Texas. I wish you all speedy recoveries for your houses and your pipes. And I also want to just tell everybody who is an educator, (laughs) summer's right around the corner, baby. Keep your head up. (laughs) So until next time, family.